0: Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art, make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today I am super excited to introduce you to Girl Boss Danny Nagel. Danny is a self-taught illustrator, graphic designer, and photographer. At age 19, she created a career in apparel graphics, designing for companies like Urban Outfitters, Anthropology, and Nordstrom. In 2016, Danny created Daisy, a brand and community for dreamers and doers and for empowering women choosing to share their ideas and talents with the world. So I had the pleasure of meeting Danny just a few months ago at her co-working space, BizBabes. So she runs a brand called Daisy LA, but she also runs a co-working space called BizBabes, which is a space for female entrepreneurs. So today we're going to dive into her story about how she started designing at a young age. We'll talk about entrepreneurship, creativity, slow fashion, feminism, and more. So get excited. Here's Danny Nagel. Hi, Danny. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so excited to be on here. I know. I'm excited too. I think you're so cool. You're just like, your aesthetic is on point. You're super creative. I just love everything you're doing. So, I kind of want to introduce you to my listeners. First of all, I mean, you started designing really young. Can you tell us how you started designing for companies like Urban Outfitters at just 19 years old?
1: Yeah. So, I have been drawing ever since I was a kid. And I knew I wanted to work in something to do with like creativity or art when I got older. And and I also love fashion. So I love fashion and art. And my first kind of like career aspiration was to be a fashion designer. So I went to school for fashion design. I was always like the youngest kid in my class. So I graduated high school at 17. And Just went right to school. It was like a two year trade school for fashion design. And so I graduated that at 19. And while I was in school, I did an internship with a t shirt company. I had never ever considered graphic design. Like now, graphic design is everywhere. And obviously, everyone knows it's a career. But when I was going to college, you know, I didn't even know that was an option. And I didn't know that I could do both art and fashion kind of fused into one thing. So when I got that internship, that's where I like really kind of figured out what I wanted to do. And right after I graduated, I got a job doing uh, t-shirt graphics. So that's how I started really young. And then I eventually moved to LA and started getting higher up in different jobs and a lot of job hopping and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but it was it always graphic design. Yeah, it's always been t-shirt graphic design, which
1: is funny, because it's like a very niche thing to do.
0: Yeah. Also, like it requires a certain style. I mean, did you develop your own style in terms of T shirt graphics, and that's why they hired you, or did they kind of direct you in terms of the art and stuff? Yeah, I
1: mean, definitely. I would say when I first started designing, I didn't really have like an established style, and I was kind of experimenting with different things. And like when you're kind of new to the scene, you're trying to figure out what your look is, or you know, like to build up your portfolio and Mm -hmm. aesthetic. But After, you know, a few years of doing it, you get the hang of it. And it's the thing about T-shirt design is you have to think about it so differently than like just making a piece of art because you can do like an elaborate, amazing piece of art. But that doesn't mean somebody wants to wear it on their body. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just have to like think about every design you do differently and think about it on a shirt. And it's something that takes a while to get the hang of. But once you do like there's so many companies that need t-shirt design and there's not a lot of yeah. t-shirt designers out there so that's kind of how that's you're Strange, because to... I
0: would think that there's a lot <laughs> I mean there's
1: a lot but not there's not a lot who are like also like young girls who are super interested in fashion <laughs> like I had a lot of like older male co-workers designing shirts for like urban and forever 21 and I was like the like yeah. young one who was obsessed with fashion so I kind of like had a different perspective on it but yeah I mean it, it was never really hard to find a job in it I would say I just had a short attention span so I would like hop around or I would get in trouble <laughs> I was all over the place
0: yeah so you were working like right after you graduated that trade school and then recently you started your own brand Daisy so looking at Daisy I can't believe you just started it in 2016 because it seems so like established it seems really like well done thank you so congrats on that like what was what made you want to start Daisy
1: I have always, always wanted to have a clothing line of my own. And it's like one of those dreams you've had ever since your kid, but you're kind of like unsure if it's ever yeah. really gonna happen. But just so many years of working for other people and big corporate companies like Urban Outfitters and Macy's and, you know, I worked for Hot Topic for a while. But you were very micromanaged as an artist mm-hmm. and there was always a creative director like over your shoulder telling you what to design and and so much of the like creativity and fun gets taken out of it and I think one of the biggest pushes to start Daisy was to like have that creative freedom I always wanted. And also to design shirts that stood for something and meant something to me. A lot of like the shirts I'd be designing just like (laughs) kind of like stupid graphic tees, you know, you buy and wear Mm, once. And I just wanted to like make shirts that meant something to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, for listeners who don't know much about Daisy, can you talk about what Daisy is about? What is a Daisy lady? And what's what's the mission behind it all?
1: (laughs) So Daisy is my t-shirt and apparel line with a mission to empower women and um, I draw all the graphics by hand. It's very 70s funky and most of the t-shirts have kind of some sort of empowering phrase right on them and we feature women on our blog, we also um, carry products made by other female entrepreneurs, just everything about the brand keeps enforcing our mission just to empower women to take a risk and do something crazy. I mean, for so many years, when I was sitting at a desk designing for other people, I would listen to these podcasts and hear people like working for themselves and living the dream. And I feel like that was kind of what finally like pushed me to do it in some way so I kind of like showing all these like girls who have these big aspirations and dreams that they can do it too whether it's sharing my journey or sharing other people's journeys I mean that's like a huge inspiration behind the brand
0: yeah and I mean I'm all about that too like women yes following definitely. Their teams, you know that yeah <laughs> so what was that transition like though going from like working as a designer to becoming an entrepreneur because I'm sure even though it looks beautiful on the outside this dream life I'm sure it's not easy like what did you have to go through
1: it's so different Um, (laughs) I mean literally what I did for these companies like I worked full-time for them and I would go in for eight hours every day and just design all day just outputting all day like a machine and now that I'm you know working for myself I get to do so many different things and different aspects of the business I love that like I got very you know you get bored and you get over designing when you're doing it you know 40 hours a week it's just everything about it is different, but um, I did have kind of like a transitional period when I actually I was working. So I was working for Urban Outfitters, and then I got poached by Hot Topic and Torrid because they kind of wanted to get more of that image over there, and they like lured me over. And it was actually like a really great place to work. It was a lot more chill. Uh, previously, at art directors that were like very mean, and my mm-hmm. art director there was really chill. And like they were like, okay, do like one design a day. Which was like, took me like an hour. So I would like just spend so much time like listening to these podcasts, getting inspired. And, you know, I was kind of trying to do some Uh freelance work. And so I was sharing some of my graphics on social media, which I wasn't supposed to do. And I got in trouble and I got fired, Uh which (laughs) happens. It's a bummer. I mean, it was a great job, but at the same time, I was so bored. I was like, you know, trying to promote like freelance work and doing all this other stuff. After that, I kind of tried to do freelance design for a while, but I wasn't ready. I got scared and I ended up getting a job again with a startup startup company. Um, it was a denim brand. And I did the graphics for them. And, and it was like an, a guy who had worked in the fashion industry for a long time, but he was like older and didn't really understand like the design side of things. So he kind of like had me do it all. And it was like a startup. So I learned how to do the photography and build a website yeah. and, you know, run the social media account. And so that was kind of like me learning how to run a business in between the like corporate desk yeah. job.
0: Like a, a practice run for your actual business. <laughs> (laughs) yeah so
1: I mean that was amazing and that was actually like I was so so scared to like start my own business especially after Mm -hmm. getting fired and my like little freelance test period didn't work out but I gained a lot of confidence with that startup and kind of discovering it's not as Mm -hmm. scary as I think and like hey I'm like basically like running this company for this other person why don't I do it for Mm -hmm. myself so that's like what helped me make that transition and kind of gather up that courage. I mean, I could have figured it out on my own, for sure. But uh, it was cool to have, you know, go through the motions and, and realize that.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up that I just realized that's similar to my story too cuz after I graduated, I like I've always wanted to work for myself, but I didn't immediately jump into like starting my own thing. I actually like worked for a startup as well doing like videos and marketing for them. And in a way like yeah, it teaches you how to do that without, like, spending your own money or, like, wasting exactly. your own time. Yeah, You're, like, so, learning on their dime. Exactly. So, yeah, that's that's actually a really good tip for anyone out there listening who wants to start their own thing but has no idea how. Like, maybe you need a little practice run, like a stepping stone. Definitely. A little bit of experience goes a
1: long it way. It does. And, yeah. you know, even at the end of the day, like, I still kind of had to teach myself a lot of this when mm-hmm. I was working for that startup. But knowing that like, you know, I wasn't taking the stakes are lower. lower And I mean, it's more just gaining the confidence more than anything, I think. Totally.
0: Yeah, like practice just gives you more confidence.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So what would you say is like the biggest lesson you've learned from the experience of like starting your own business?
1: Gosh, there's like every day there's like a new (laughs) lesson.
0: (laughs) What are the latest ones? Well, I always say the hardest part of
1: starting my business was taking that leap to actually do it. And and after that, obviously, everything after that is like, the, you know, that it's hard. But that was the hardest part. Learning to gather the courage to take a risk. But I would say I'm also learning how to balance my schedule, how to um, ask for help when I don't know how to do something. I think when I first started my business, and this happens to so many female entrepreneurs, like you think you have to do it all by yourself and you have to figure it out and there's like some things that i'm not good at you know like i'm good at like the visuals and the creative and i can you know pick up photography and like pick up web design and stuff like that. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to like a lot of the like the back end stuff, like the logistical stuff, that is not my favorite. And that is not my forte. Like I am like a like big picture person. Like I like to come up with big ideas and like execute exciting things. But When it comes down to doing like the nitty gritty of stuff, like it makes me miserable and I'm not good at it. So I have uh, learned to hire the right help. Um, my assistant Megan is like the list maker. She's like, and I think it's so scary to think of hiring someone, especially when like you don't even know if you can like you know afford to pay yourself. Um, taking that step to get help when I when I felt overwhelmed has given me the freedom to promote my own business so much more and grow it instead of getting tied down in all these little things that I'm not good at and make this not my yeah. dream job so yeah
0: that's really good That that's kind of like I mean I'm kind of going through that too I'm learning how to. I saw to that you were hiring someone yeah I'm hiring a video editor just like learning how to work with someone else and because before like you're used to it just all being yourself but then now it's you know what I mean it's like a, a little ecosystem that you're trying to figure totally. out <laughs> and it is yeah. hard
1: because like you're I'm sure the same way like you want mm-hmm. everything a certain way yeah. and you want it to be like perfect and like sometimes for some things you know like you're gonna do it the best but you need to learn to kind of like delegate and let things go like let it grow into
0: something bigger than what you could have done yourself
1: totally so that was like a huge lesson because that's another scary thing it
0: totally is Alright my loves, it's time to take a break with our sponsor, FreshBooks. If you're a freelancer or a small business owner, FreshBooks is an intuitive cloud accounting software that's the simplest way to be more organized and productive with your day-to-day paperwork. With FreshBooks, you can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds, set up online payments to get paid faster and more. There's even a new FreshBooks proposal feature, which allows you to include an outline of your project, scope of work, and a timeline. No more switching software, fussing over formatting, and wasting your precious time. FreshBooks is offering all Lavender listeners a 30-day, unrestricted, free trial so you can try it out for yourself. To claim your free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash lifestyle and enter the Lavender Lifestyle in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com slash lifestyle. All right. So can we talk about slow fashion? Because I I love that you mentioned that on your website. It's something that I think more people should learn about, like fast fashion versus slow fashion. For those out there who have no idea what these terms mean, can you just briefly tell us about it?
1: Totally. So What fast fashion is, that's the Forever 21s, the H&Ms, the large companies who are doing whatever they can to make their product the cheapest possible. And that is often hurting both the environment and the people in sweatshops making it, working in horrible conditions. And a really good documentary I recommend to people is called um, The True Cost. And it explores it. And it's just like a perfect documentary if you really want to learn more about the terrible side effects of the fashion industry. It's actually the second biggest polluting industry right after big oil, which is crazy. And like, I have been working in the fashion industry for so long. And until I saw this documentary... And was really educated about it. I had no idea. And it's really shocking. You don't want to hear that, you know, especially someone who loves fashion. You're like, no, like, I love clothes. Like, I love being able to get this, you know, $10 skirt or whatever it is. But yeah, it's really shocking. And so what slow fashion is, is kind of the counterculture movement. It's the opposite of fast fashion. It's making things ethically. It's making things with the environment in mind. It's making, you know, the correct quantities of products so you don't have a ton of overstock that just ends up getting, you know, getting trashed.
0: It's crazy that people would throw away clothes like these companies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) First of all. Oh, my
1: gosh. This documentary, it's insane. Like so many clothes that, you know, they end up getting shipped to other countries just because it's like okay like they you know they'll need clothes over in this third world country and turns out they've got piles and piles of clothes in these landfills and they don't even use it like there's just so much waste and overproduction and yeah all in the name of greed and it's really sad but I am really excited to be doing Mm -hmm. everything I can the opposite of that and there's a really big movement going on with a lot of young entrepreneurs who are doing the same thing here in LA and all over the world so it's really exciting to be part of that.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Good for you. So, Thanks. what what about Daisy makes it slow fashion? Like what does the process look like?
1: So, we do something super unique. All of our shirts are made here in the US, but what we do is make them to order. So, when you go on our website and you order a shirt, that shirt is like put in a queue mm. and then made for you and shipped out to you. So, we don't have a bunch of stock sitting around. And what happens with most companies you know they produce you know okay we'll sell like 200 units of this and you know half the time you know they'll sell 70 percent then the rest will go on sale Mm. maybe it won't get sold it just becomes very like yeah like people just really overproduce so we're working hard to Mm -hmm. be conservative as possible and to source things responsibly and um, my production partner has been a huge huge part in this and it's really cool
0: I mean, does it take long longer for this process because that's, you that's have to? That's the ma- thing. Yeah. That's the slow fashion. Like, oh, oh I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's slower. It takes time. And a lot of the stuff
1: we carry on the Daisy Lady Shop is actually custom made to order as well. Wow. And what's also cool about that is we're able to offer like a bigger variety of product because we don't have to upfront the cost of, you know, thousands of units.
0: Yeah. So you just create the design and then you put like make make one and put it on. Exactly. That's how you Uh do it. Yeah. That's so interesting. I didn't know that people could do that. (laughs) It's a really hard setup
1: and it's not cheap to do. But we're working with a company that really supports what we're doing and has helped us along the way. And a lot of the stuff we carry on our website, aside from Daisy, the Daisy Lady Shop stuff, are, like, really small brands where a lot of the time it's the owner of the company, like, making, like, your earrings or making your – like, sewing your pants to order and then shipping it out, so.
0: Wow. It's so, like, careful, like, carefully crafted, I guess. Yeah. It's very special. Yeah, which is nice. Another huge theme of your brand is feminism, like all about empowering women. And I I want you to talk about like Biz Babes too, because like you, you created this oh, yeah. like co-working space, which is super cool for women. I mean, is it exclusively for women or is it, I mean? Yeah, we actually even
1: <laughs> just found out from our lawyer, like we're allowed to like, only accept female members.
0: <laughs> oh, really? It's like a, <laughs>
1: technically like a private club, I guess, is what we would have to Oh, call that's
0: it. so funny. Yeah. So, so can you talk about why you decided to start this and what does feminism mean to you, all this?
1: So feminism is like a massive part of my brand and my lifestyle and like something I've believed ever since I was younger. I feel like both in my career and in my personal life, like I've been, you know, expected to act a certain way. And I've been underestimated in so many ways. And I feel like my whole life, I've kind of had to fight that I've kind of had like this, like, chip on my shoulder. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to prove them wrong. I can do all these things that people think I can't do or I shouldn't do because I'm a woman. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to have an opinion. So that's it. It comes from a lot of like experiences in my life where I feel very strongly about it. So when I launched my brand, like it just made so much sense to have, you know, that feminist edge to it. And that's kind of what people took to. So I really started to focus on it as I grew my brand. And with like our boss blog, we have like, like Daisy's very interesting. It's not like a typical brand. It's kind of like a blog slash brand because I'm very much the face of it. And I share every day on Instagram stories about my journey. And when I started sharing about all the like day to day of a small business, Business, like the highs and lows, like people really responded yeah. to that. And it kind of like, you know, gave them that insight on like what it's like to run a business. Maybe I want to take a risk like that. So, kind of like pivoting my company to really focus on feminism and transparency and like highlighting my journey along with the journeys of other female entrepreneurs. So, we started mm-hmm. to spotlight them on our blog. You know, we started to carry them on our website alongside our brand. And um, I just, Would do photo shoots and constantly be collaborating with other female entrepreneurs. And I kept hearing the same thing that, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's amazing to work for yourself, but it's not fun to work by yourself. And me having gone from like an office environment, like that was my favorite thing about working for these corporate companies coming to the office and seeing my coworkers who we've become close friends and like just having that camaraderie. And when you're working for yourself, like it's the dream situation. Except, you know, when you're working by yourself from home or you're working... It lonely. Exactly. You're like, hop, I'm hopping yeah. around from coffee shops all day long. So I had joined a WeWork and I worked there for a little bit, about a year actually. And it just it didn't give me the community I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And working with all these other entrepreneurs complaining about the same thing, like I just knew... Um, there needed to be a space for women specifically in the content creation world. Cause at WeWork, I would try to do a photo shoot or try to do like an Instagram story video. People would look at me weird. It was very much like the boys really? club. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was, it was a lot of people like in tech and random stuff. And I was like the young girl yeah. that would like wear buns and like bell bottoms to the, the Korean <laughs> face, And like, I was like, I don't know. Like I couldn't be like myself. It felt like. So Um, yeah. I kind of put that out on the internet, like on Instagram story, I was like, hey, guys, like, I'm very interested in doing a shared office space with some other female entrepreneurs, like who would be down for that. And um, one of my freelance clients, Taryn, she has a vegan t shirt line. And I do a lot of her graphics. She responded like, Oh, my gosh, Danny, like, I've been looking for an office. Mm -hmm. This would be like, awesome. So we started looking at office spaces. And then it kind of went from like, Mm -hmm. maybe we want like a small shared office to Let's start a female coworking space. No, I love it. <laughs> and like me and Tara yeah. are both very self-made. Like in our businesses, we've never gotten help from anyone, and we've both been able to build our successful mm-hmm. fashion lines. And so we took, you know, the money we made from each of our own clothing lines and put it towards starting this coworking space. And we really took a big risk. And we got a 3,200 square foot mm-hmm. office loft in downtown. And we were able to deck it out. Like interior design is a huge passion of mine. (laughs) Thank you. So like we really went for it. And um, yeah, so now along with having Daisy LA, I have biz babes the co-working space and it's obviously ties so much into my brand and uh it's been amazing we've only been open i think for five months four months and um we're already like Mm -hmm. starting to inch towards making a profit and we have a bunch of amazing members who have now become like our best friends and it's been really cool
0: i love that so much because it really does tie in with everything that you're doing like creating a community empowering females and like making beautiful things because biz babes like you guys out there you got to look at biz babes like your instagram account because like the space is so beautiful yes. it's it's so pinterest yeah it's just amazing
1: yeah it's b-i-z-b-a-b-e-z because people are always yes. wrong but um yeah i mean taryn and i both built our businesses off of instagram and posting mm-hmm. and creating content So we knew we needed a space that was made for creating beautiful content and a space for millennial women who, you know, wanted to feel inspired and excited to snap photos and share about their office space. And yeah.
0: Yeah. And not have people around them judging. Exactly. (laughs) Like, Like one
1: of our rules, like you will help other people take pictures. You will respect like yeah. video recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. We want women to be taken seriously in the space. Like in WeWork, you know, I felt like people were like, okay, who's this girl making videos, walking around, you know? So we yeah. wanted a space like, it's not where- very
0: empowering.
1: Exactly. Like we wanted a safe yeah. space where like you could be yourself and do what's best for your business yeah. and
0: feel good about it. I love it. Okay, I have one last question for you. It's- If you could go back in time to before you started, Daisy, what advice would you give to your younger self?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) What do you know now that you would, you know, what wisdom would you share? I would say to be confident and believe in yourself
1: no matter what other people say and to start daisy years sooner <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i would have i would have started it years earlier if i would have known how much i loved it and had success mm. with it i mean i wish i would have done it sooner yeah
0: yeah i mean it's already a success now so i think you're fine i, I yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy i just like always think like oh man like what if i would have started this you know before right i actually think that too i'm like oh, i wish i started my youtube like earlier because then right right at the beginning of instagram or something yeah right exactly but, you know
1: <laughs> i think you know, obviously i'm happy where i'm at and mm-hmm. if that was the
0: journey it took to get there awesome like <laughs> yes everything happens for a reason definitely yes all right. So listeners out there, make sure you check out Danny and Daisy. She has a website for Daisy. So daisyla.com. That's spelled D-A-Z-E-Y-L-A dot com. And then your Instagram is Danny Daisy. You have so many Instagrams. Do you want to just share? Where I to do. Find I you? have way too many. Yeah, <laughs> I'll share. Okay. So daisyla's
1: Instagram is D-A-Z-E-Y underscore L-A. My personal Instagram is Danny Daisy D A N I D A Z E Y, and Biz Babes is B I Z B A B E Z. I've got a lot of Z's.
0: <laughs> was there a reason for that? Just because you liked it?
1: I don't know. <laughs> it just like I don't know. Like Daisy like doesn't really mean anything. It's not like the flower. Like I just kind of wanted like a meaning for the brand that like was more of a feeling okay. than like an existing word. And then.
0: I just kind of was like, let's do the same thing with BizBabe. So it's like Daisy, I guess. (laughs) So Daisy, you just like picked that word out of nowhere?
1: Yeah, me and my sister. Like I knew I was going to start my own company. I was like getting ready to like leave the startup I was working with. And Mm -hmm. we were just texting back and forth like different words we liked and different
0: names. and that was just one of them we we're like huh I like that that's kind of how I picked lavender it doesn't really mean anything but it's a pretty word <laughs> that I made up exactly
1: yeah it's almost better to have a name that like kind of can take on a whole meaning of its own exactly and be its own thing
0: yeah awesome well thank you so much it was great to have of you course. on of course thanks for having me Yeah. Also, guys, check out I
1: featured Lavender on the boss blog. <laughs> <laughs> and it was rad. Obviously, you guys are already Eileen fans. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll link all of that, all of those links in the show notes of this podcast. Alrighty, have a good day. <laughs> Bye. I'll you too. Bye. Alright, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Love you all so much. Bye!